Well, good morning, everyone. Turn with me to uh, 1 Peter. We're working our way through chapter 5. We'll close things out. Pastor was able to give me the, the next round. I think it's 2 Peter, 1st, uh, 2nd, uh, and 3rd John, and uh, Jude, I believe. I think that's what it comes out to. All right. And we were talking about instructions to the pastors. So I told pastor just to sit back and relax and we won't pick on him too much. <laughs> no. Actually, this is uh, just a wonderful segment. Peter's exhorting those that are leaders in the church. And interestingly, and I'm guessing most of these leaders, they probably aren't very old in the Lord. Some of these probably only saved for, you know, a few months, maybe a few years. And uh, then there's some that probably got saved that were, you know, in the church and, and did things in there and presented things. But Peter is, is working here. And uh, as, as we mentioned in uh, the verse uh, 1, and we'll read down through verse 4 and look at these. And the elders which are among you, I exhort who am also an elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ and also a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. Feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind, neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being a and samples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd shall appear, he shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. Let's pray. pray. Father, we do thank you for your blessing in your word. We thank you for the truths that we have preserved for us in our, our scriptures. And Father, we thank you for each one that's here. And we thankful for those that are online. And I pray, Father, that uh, this will be edifying to all of us and will glorify you in all that we do and Father we just are, are, are so thankful thankful for the servants that serve us we're thankful for our pastor and just uh, what he uh, does for each one of us oftentimes we do not realize the uh, amount of effort he puts into bringing the word to us but also what he does uh, as a counselor and a guide for us and Father, we thank you for this. We thank you for the blessing. We thank you for the opportunity to glorify you and all that we do through the word and through our music. And we ask it all in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Well, as, uh, as I left off last week, uh, we were talking about uh, some of the things that uh, are traits of, of, a, of a, not only of a Christian, but of, of pastors and that we all are, are, need to be growing uh, and our, our pastor's giving us the food that we need, but he needs to take in the food. And oftentimes, you know, as a pastor, it gets kind of lonely. He has to search out somebody to maybe uh, help counsel him. And oftentimes, if there's not anybody close at hand, you know, it's on the Internet or, you know, reading uh, reading works for somebody else, 
and, 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 but it's a blessing. And Peter here says the leaders Peter was sending his epistle to were, were the kind of spiritual leaders, men and women, because uh, women's ministries, oftentimes women uh, are, are forgotten about, about being leaders in there, not over a church, but are, are leading and, and helping other women that are filled with the Spirit, yielded to the Spirit, passionate in holiness, restorative in their relations and gracious toward others and, and end up being responsible uh, to the flock. And, you know, Pastor, when he came here, his flock wasn't really very big. It was his family. And over the years, it's built. It's grown up. It's come down. Uh, we've had missionaries come through here. We've been able to assist in sending out missionaries, the cook getting ready to go out. So the flock is actually going out into the world now. And, and so part of that is, is being a servant leader. And that's what it comes down to. And anybody that is, has any positions, and if you look at our prayer list, there's a list of those ministries that are listed out there, and there's a name beside them. And every one of those people are essentially a leader. And when you, when you think about that, there's a specific ministry. And true leadership comes from being a servant themselves. And it's, it's just not words, and it's not a title, uh, but it's a humble manifestation of growing in Christ-likeness. That's what it really comes down to. And so when we, we think about this, it takes us into uh, the next realm we're looking at is the responsibilities of feeding. And, and, and it lends into verse 2, where we read the, the, the feed the flock of God which is among you, taking oversight thereof. And it says, you know, uh, when in the, in the student guide it says, uh, what would you say is implied with the command to feed the flock? Well, it's kind of rhetorical, but yet it's, it's still one that we, we think about, well, just what does it mean to feed the flock? I mean, Every once in a while, we have a, a potluck and we get fed. <laughs> we get fed well, but you know, Pastor, he's he wants to put together a diet that for us that needs to be very balanced. And Peter was presenting this probably from what he had experienced in uh, in John uh, chapter twenty-one, and I'm going to read the verses fifteen to seventeen and. We all remember this when Christ had walked on the beach. The, the, the Peter had decided, I'm giving up on this. I'm going to go back to fishing. And, and Christ is walking there, and they see him, and he's prepared a meal. Christ has. And it says, uh, so when they had dined, Jesus said unto Simon Peter, Simon, thou son of Joseph, lovest, lovest thou me more than these? And he said unto him, yea, Lord, thou knowest I love thee. He said unto him, Feed my lambs. He said unto him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. And he said unto him, Feed my sheep. And he said unto him a third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou, uh, lovest thou me? And Peter grieved because he said unto him the third time, Lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus said unto him, feed my sheep. And I think 
when Peter was writing this epistle, he was looking out to the flock needs to be fed. These people have been scattered. They've been chased all around the world. This epistle's going out, and Paul was doing the same thing. But uh, the commentator wrote, this is, it may be observed from the repetition of this phrase, following upon Peter's declaration of his love to Christ, that such only are proper persons to feed the lamb and sheep of Christ who truly and sincerely love him. And in doing uh, which they show their love to him, who indeed would be concerned in his service. Since the work is laborious, the conduct of those whom they minister oftentimes is disagreeable, the reproach they meet from the world, and the opposition made in them by Satan, and the powers of the darkness. It's true indeed that there are some that take upon this work and pretend to do who do not love Christ. But they do, uh, but then they are such who feed themselves and not the flocks, and who feed the world's goats and not Christ's lambs and sheep. And in time of danger, leave the flock. Only the true lovers of Christ faithfully perform this service and abide in it by preaching the pure gospel of Christ, by administering his ordinances in their right manner and directing the souls and all to Christ, the heavenly manner and bread of life. That's what our pastor does. And... Anybody thinks that he's not ought to just sit for a few minutes and listen sincerely to what he's saying. And the responsibility, and, he, and he's to feed those among us. He's not to go out and, you know, pilfer from somebody else's church. But sometimes others come in from another church and they hear something that they need to have in their life. Maybe something's missing. And, and realize, well, I'm not being fed where I was, and, and I need to come here. And understand that, no, he's not making the grass greener on the other side, but he's making sure that what we get is a balanced meal, a, a balanced, uh, and, it, and it's not from, uh, uh, well, let's put it this way. I don't think pastor's got a bunch of hobby horses he brings out and says, okay, we're going to go here. I mean, I've read of some pastors that stayed on one verse for years. Just that same verse. I mean, they all knew it real well, but, you know, there's how many words in here? How many verses in here? And you pick one and stay on it? That's somebody that's on a hobby horse, I, in my personal opinion. Now, there's times that things need to be brought up and things that need to be presented and uh, that's in the, in the next segment that talks about that. But when he's feeding, he's learning himself. I know when I'm teaching and, and studying these lessons, it's amazing what I learn in here. And, and uh, you know, I've got a stack of notes all stuck away that, you know, don't come out here. And being a military instructor, I'm used to personalizing notes and giving myself notes in here. It's all read and marked up, and I'm sure pastor does the same thing. But we're learning. Because oftentimes what he presents to us is something that he knows in his life that he's running into. And I know here, even though this is scripted for us, going in here, I was like, wow, that definitely applies. And I now realize that it's applicable not only to me, but it's something else that's beyond that. Because 
if we just went by what was in these notes, it, to me, it would be very dry. And it's like pastor, he could sit up here and he could probably give you, you know, all the points and da, 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 point them out here on the, on the deal and we'd all just nod away. <laughs> and pastor would be very monotone. And I'm thankful that he's not. I'm thankful that he, he is literally a learner of the word. And it, it, it can only be taught if it applies to us. And, and be able to share that. And I'm sure Brother Travis is the same way. When, and, and he's pastored churches in the past, and he's known that I need to f feed these people. And I need to feed them because when I came here, they might, you know, looking around, he can see that they're starving. And it's, it's very important. Another question that comes up here is, how has your pastor fed you lately in a meaningful way? Well, I'm not going to ask for <laughs> answers, but... We all could, we could probably one by one come up and make a testimony of, of what we've learned through that. I know going home, my wife and I talk about the lessons oftentimes. Wow, why was that applicable? Uh, or, yeah, I needed that one. And realizing that, that every bit that we get from here, the whole service, the whole sermon may not apply to us, but there are nuggets in there that we need. And we need it. And it's, it's so very important. And it's, and it's not only is it spiritually nutritious, but it's balanced. That's why I like the fact that Pastor pulls out, we, you know, we've been going through the uh, minor prophets for quite a while. I learned a lot from them. I didn't realize. And, and putting them into chronology, where they fit in, gave me a, 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 a panoramic view of what was going on with Israel at the time. And what it meant. And, and it's so, to me, it's, it's grounded. And like I said last week, I have learned, honestly, more under Pastor Crawford. You can cover your ears, Pastor. I don't, want, I don't want you to feel. But literally, in all the other churches that I've been to through my, my military career. And like I said, I think it's been you know 19 or 20 churches that I've been to, some longer than others. Others I just visited. I always gained something from all of them. Realizing that when I go in there, that I'm gonna, I want to find out what God has for me to learn. Otherwise, I wouldn't have come through those doors. But yet here, I have grown so much. You know, what is it? Uh, well, they've been here 27 years. I've been here just over 20 or thereabouts. And so we've been in one place one time. And it's so important to learn under somebody like that. And, and, it's, and it's a blessing. And it says, like I said, the pastor must give his sheep a balanced and helpful feeding from the word. His preaching is not merely focused on themes he personally prefers. And I'm sure he's got some that would be, oh man, let's really get into this. I mean, there are some churches that are just prophetic churches. Now that's all they teach is from prophecy. There's others that avoid the Pauline epistles. There's others that avoid the gospels and go to the Pauline epistles. There's some that won't even touch the New Old Testament because it's not applicable to us. I want to know what's going in there because if we look in the Old Testament, there's a lot of things that are applicable because I'm going to pull up one here shortly that was talking about how the shepherds were not feeding the Israelites. And that's so very important because there are some pastors out there that don't feed the flock. They give them, what is it, uh, 
you have too much carbohydrates and not enough of the others, you know, and, and what do carbohydrates do to you? I mean, I like chips and I like things like that, and, you know. I mean, when we were working uh, on our last ship, we would feed the seals pasta like crazy because they wanted all that energy for, because they would spend eight to 24 hours swimming in the ocean to get to do their operation. And all they would carry a lot of times wasn't a whole lot of food. They would have to subsist on what was given to them. They'd come back and immediately we'd just stuff them with, with food again. I mean, you put a pizza that's this big in front of one of them and they could just eat it by themselves. Not even think twice about it. They were taking, they needed certain foods. But if they didn't get a balanced meal, and, that, and we, we did, we actually had a nutritionist work with us to make sure that they got a balanced meal when they went out. Because oftentimes they were spending days awake in an operation. Well, here, our, our pastor is making sure that we're being fed, that we're going to grow, that we're not going to stagnate. I mean, I've known people that have, have uh, gone to a church for years, and yeah, they studied their Bible. They were very good, but you couldn't get them to even show you the Romans road. They were stuck where they were. They didn't want to move beyond that. And I'm thankful here, we're encouraged to go beyond that. And so we're being built up spiritually. And in fact, I was going to bring it. We've got a little kind of a, a motto that, uh, that we are going by about edifying. And I'll, I'll bring it next week because it's, gonna, it's, it's in the directory. But that pastor's goal, and he probably quoted to us, that, that we uh, edify and we build up every, uh, each other. And yeah, I don't, know if, I don't remember if, if you know what, it, what you, your motto was. It was edifying for, anyway, it was, but it, yeah, I know. And, and I was going to bring it but, it, but it does. It really kind of um, puts in, in a, a sentence of what we really do because we are edified here. At least I, I get edified. I don't know about the rest of you. I think. Right, something, something along that line. And, and that's what it, it comes down to. And, and we get built up from that. And, it, and it's not forgotten. It, and it applies to everybody. And, and thinking that, we're growing up spiritually. We don't, may not grow numerically, but we grow spiritually. And that's really the bottom line of what a local church should be doing. If, if, if we're not growing spiritually, then we might as well just stay home and watch television or, you know, ignore what's going on and grow up a, a different way. But that's not, that's not the aim of what God wants in our lives. He wants us to be Christ-like. And, and that's a challenge. It's a challenge for the pastor because it comes down to the next portion where it's the responsibility of oversight. Uh, it talks about in verse 2, it says, Feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly. And we think about that. It's, it's a willingness. Pastor's not doing it to get rich. And he's not being a, an overlord or a dictator. There are some churches out there that the preacher says, What I say goes. And if you don't believe me, ask me. And, you know, you don't dare 
bring up, well, you know, what about such and such? He goes, well, I don't want to go there. I don't like that. I'm going to do it. We do things my way here. And I've been in churches and, and seen that. And, and, it's, and looked around and watched the people. And a lot of them are almost scared to even go up and talk with them or bring, bring a problem to them. There's others that get up and they just berate them. The whole idea of, of their preaching is to make sure that he's got people at the altar every Sunday confessing their sins and because they're dirty, rotten scoundrels and all sorts of stuff. And it's like, oh, definitely won't want to come to back to that place. Then there's others that, that lovingly might have to admonish you. They might have to say something that's difficult or, or present something that's that's well, I won't say hurtful, but, but needful in their lives. And it, it's, well, I'm, I've got a list here, and it's almost like a toolbox. I, I titled it Mr. Fix-It, the toolbox. This is, the feeding's not only feeding a balanced diet from the scriptures, but includes an oversight by looking diligently into inspect, uh, inspecting uh, into the various cases uh, of members of the church. Pastor needs to understand where each one of us are Oftentimes, he's kind of seeing, he's seeing, you know, people are keeping notes, uh, looking off, you know, wandering around, wondering what's going on, looking at their phone, checking the watch. You know, he's looking, but uh, using diligence to know the state of the flock and performance of, uh, to all the offices that a, uh, a shepherd does. I remember we talked, uh, in fact, uh, it was several years ago, he went through uh, Psalm 23 about what a, a shepherd does. A, a, a person written a book about being a shepherd and he went through and showed from scripture and talked about what does a shepherd really do you know and if you, if you follow somebody that's that's ever taking care of uh, uh, cattle livestock out away from their home they have to be able to do a whole bunch of stuff they have to be a veterinarian they've got to be uh, well like David a he-man in some cases, fending off uh, wildlife to take care of them. Uh, they've they've got to be a, 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 well, a dietitian looking to see to make sure that when they're bringing them into pasture that they're not going to be introducing uh, noxious uh, uh, feed into them and, and to understand, okay, I can't put them here, so I'm going to have to make sure that they're fed elsewhere um, uh, and that they're feeding the flock and not themselves. When we get into this next little session, I'll be presenting what they talk about. Uh, strengthening the disease, healing the sick. Now, not that, you know, he's up there laying on of hands and, you know, praying that, you know, you have enough faith to get, get healed, but he'll pray for the sick. We've gone together and, and anointed somebody that asked for, you know, an anointing and praying over them that, as James pointed out, that if there's any sick, uh, for them to ask uh, uh, for the leaders of the church to come and pray over them. We know that they might get healed. That's in God's hands. But that person is just saying, I want you folks to pray over me and to know that, that God is, is looking out. Binding up that which is broken. I'm sure he's had to counsel some people that have, that have had uh, a broken heart, uh, a broken marriage, struggling with something, bringing again that which is driven away and seeking to that, that which is lost. A shepherd 
Well, what was the parable about the 99 sheep that he left so he could find one? Pastor knocks on doors and makes sure we, we all knock on doors and visit people. But he'll go out and, and, and sit with somebody that's got an issue. Watching over them uh, that they not go astray. And that's a big challenge. Restoring them in the spirit of meekness when they've gone out of the way. Overlooking both their practices and their principles. Sometimes something might happen that definitely is, doesn't sit right with the pastor, but he'll sit and, and pray and counsel and not do it in, in such a way that, oh yeah, if, if you hadn't been doing that, you wouldn't be in this situation. No. Because I've gone to him and he's, he's helped me and my wife in some areas. Admonishing, reproving them for sin as sometimes it requires. I could never see Pastor getting angry over anything. But now he exercises and he's got some strength there, so I'm sure that there's, you know, <laughs> the ability to, to, to stay at that. Preserving them as such as them lies to keep us from wolves and beasts of prey, from false teachers, from all errors and heresies, and uh, all which is to be done. And he does it willingly. Nobody forced him into to coming out here to Corvallis, leaving his, his family, bringing his immediate family out here, and bringing his wife away from, away from her family, coming out to an area that, well, they visited once, bought things sight unseen, knowing that the Lord had planned it. And, and what it's taking care of is that he willingly did all this. Nobody was out there going, well, you know, if you go out there, we'll make sure that you get, you know, this amount of money, and we'll guarantee you a certain number of people out there. No church can do that. There's denominations out there that move, move people from, from group to group, but they're being forced to go there. I love independent, fundamental Baptist churches that are not tied to any other. They may be associated with a larger university or church that might be supporting them like we do with some of our missionaries to help get them started. I mean, I think of uh, uh, Brother Keen uh, over in uh, North Powder. We're helping him a little bit with his church. Town of what? I think it's 300 people. I know, uh, and talking with him, they've knocked on every door. And then some. And, you know... Not everybody's going to come there. Not everybody's going to help him. But uh, the, the church that sent him out to Chile sent a letter out to everybody and asked us, says, well, he's no longer on the field. If, if we don't feel that anymore. Um, but he's taken on the, this church. It's a small church. And uh, we decided to continue taking him on in, in a missionary status because I know good and well that that church is not going to pay all the bills. And, and it's so very important. Just like pastor when he came here. He came here and he didn't have a building. I think they used Motel 6 for a while or one of the motels. Uh, and but willingly look, went, went and did all this. And it's willing to oversee the flock with love, not an attitude of being forced to watch over them. I think there was a, wasn't there a parable about the, the hirelings? 
watching the flock. They didn't care. The owner hired them to take care of them. Yeah, they weren't going to take care of them like, like they should have. And an owner of a flock is going to look for somebody that really does care. But coming out here to willingly take care of us, not to, not to rule by force. Um, and, and, and in fact, turn with me to Ezekiel 34. And as I was reading through here, in fact, the whole, the whole chapter is dealing with, it says, uh, titled, The Message to the Faithless Shepherds of Israel. And when you think about those, you read down these first 10 verses, we see that it's a woe upon the shepherds of Israel. Then Ezekiel said, The word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God unto the shepherds, Woe be to the shepherds of Israel that do feed themselves, should not be shepherds, feed the flock. Ye eat the fat, ye clothe you with wool, ye kill them that are fed, but ye feed not the flock. The disease ye have not strengthened, neither have ye healed that which is sick, neither have ye bound up that which is broken, neither have ye brought again that which is driven away, neither have ye sought that which is lost, but with force and with cruelty ye have ruled them. They were scattered because there is no shepherd. They, be, they became meat to all the beasts of the field, which they were scattered. My sheep wandered through all the mountains and upon every high hill. Yea, my flock was scattered upon all the face of the earth, and none did search for the, after them. Therefore, ye shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. God is, is angry with those that, that are trying or think that they were being good servants. And you read down through this and, and, and see that he's giving a warning to them in verse 8. It says, I live, As I live, saith the Lord God, surely because my flock became a prey and my flock became meat to every beast of the field, because there, is, there was no shepherd, neither did my shepherds search for my flock, but the shepherds fed themselves and fed not my flock. Therefore, O ye shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the, the, the Lord God, Behold, I am against the shepherds and will require my flock at their hand and cause them to create from feeding the flock. Neither shall the shepherds feed themselves anymore, for I will deliver my flock from their mouth that they may not be meat to them. The rest of the chapter talks about the restoration of that. And yeah, you can look at this and say, well, it's talking about the future of restoring Israel. But yet we can look at it as applicable to our pastor here. And there are churches out there that are doing just this. They're getting fat from their people. They're growing. I think there was a, a program about uh, pastors of mega churches. There was one that was lobbying for a second Gulf String that he needed. And to have his church pony up the money so that he can have a second jet airplane to fly around in. Pastor, do you need a jet airplane to fly around in? <laughs> he, he struggles. 
Yeah, yeah, that's true, yeah. Now, does he have his commercial one where he can really, you know, do... Well, but yet, there are some churches out there that, that, are, that are preachers that are getting fat off their people and starving their people from the Word of God. They're being entertained by worship groups and all the fancy this, that, and whatever's going on. And he keeps saying, give me money, give me money, give me money. And you could probably talk with most of these people and not one of them has changed their lifestyle. Not one of them has given up anything other than, yeah, I go there and I get entertained and yep, I, I pay my admission. That's what some of them would call it. I mean, there's churches that have set up a kiosk out in front so you can put your debit card inside and, and, and pay your tithe or offerings that way. Uh, preachers that are, that are buying up, uh, well, I think, what, Joel Olstein's got the, some arena that a big, huge basketball team used to have years ago. 30 or 40,000 people can be in there. And what's he do? I, I honestly have not listened to a whole sermon of him, but I've listened to snippets, and it sounded like somebody that was selling Amway. He was trying to, you know, you can be better if you just do da-da-da-da-da-da. And not one word of Scripture. And it's sad. It is so sad that, that people get sucked into that. They think that they're getting something good for that. And I'm thankful coming through this door that I know that I'm going to be fed when I come in here. I know that what the pastor is going to present to me, that it's not going to be some worldly application. It's going to be one that's going to take me into Scripture. It's going to have me look at it, and then when I go home, to verify what he was teaching us. And to look and say that he's taken oversight to make sure that what we need is there. And and literally, his administration, if, if you look at it, our pastor doesn't write the checks. He doesn't do a lot of those types of things. But yet, he's there in an oversight capacity. Every month, make sure that he gets a, a, a breakdown of where did our money go? What did we spend it on? What came in? But he doesn't know who gave what. He doesn't want to know that. And if he did... You know, probably make him. You know, I don't. I don't know what it would do, but I'm thankful that that he knows that. You know, people love him and want to make sure that that he is feeding us. That's what the, the basis of it. When he takes oversight, the responsibility that's here, and it, God has given him this flock. He's responsible uh, in leadership. He's responsible. Ultimately, he's going to have to stand before the Lord in a different capacity than, than any one of us. I'm going to stand in a different capacity than somebody else. Brother Travis is going to be there. And we just go down through each and every one of us is going to stand before the Lord for, one, how supportive were we uh, in, in the ministries, but what did we do with what we learned? Did we grow or did we just stagnate? And there's some people that grow faster than others. There are some people that uh, can only go so far and just aren't able to maybe go any further. I don't know. I don't know what it is. But the Lord knows what's on each and every one of their hearts. And, and it's not pastor that has to know what's on our heart. 
He knows what the Lord has laid on his heart, and he, and he prays that what he's presenting is, is what we need in, in, a, in a completed capacity. And as we go through the, the rest of this, we look and see his responsibility. We'll see the, the rewards next week as we step in to that. He's going to be, like I said, held accountable in a different way. He's going to be held accountable for what he has taught to us, what he's presented. And the Lord's going to hold him accountable. I'm thankful that I won't be in that capacity, but yet I'll be, like I said, for what I've taught here and for what he's allowed me to teach. And I'm thankful that what I'm teaching, I hope, hasn't crossed over any boundaries there. But I am thankful that when something's presented that might be questionable, he's willing to, to help edify us that way. And it's, and it's exciting in that way to see that kind of growth and to see that kind of compassion. And, yep, there's going to be some pastors who are going to be standing before the Lord. They're going to be hanging their head. There might even be some that are going to be at the great white throne judgment. That they were there because, oh, yeah, look at these people. I can step in here and do this. Or those that, it, that know that they were supposed to be teaching what they're God wanted them to teach and didn't and watch their people, one, go astray, to not grow, to be essentially lost, not, not bringing them through that way and allow the world to get a hold of them. Many of the big churches are, are that way. They're allowing the world to creep in. I'm thankful that those of the world that come in here will hear the truth of the gospel. Some of them go right back out that door and goes, I don't want anything to do with that. There's others who goes, I want to go back in there because I got fed. And that's the, that's the blessing. And I'm not building pastor up. I'm not putting him on a pedestal. But, but I do want to give him the honor that's, that's due because that is so important uh, in support. Let's pray. Father, again, we are so thankful. One, we're thankful for a pastor that does teach the word of God. He teaches the, all of the word not just the bits and pieces that seem good to him. It's what's needed for us. And I'm thankful that the Lord is guiding and directing him, giving him each one that's here. And I'm thankful for those that have been here consistently. I'm thankful for those that are, that are willing to learn from the word, that apply it to their lives. Father, I'm thankful that uh, we don't avoid uh, topics that are necessary that would build us up, that would give us warning of what's going on in the world. And Father, we're just thankful that your word is truth to us, that when we look into your scriptures, that we can see that truth and understand that truth and apply it to our lives, that we would be good servants for you, but also supportive servants to our pastor, and realizing that we're not slaves to him, but we are enslaved to the Lord Jesus Christ and that we grow day by day in Christ's likeness because of the, the teachings that we hear from behind this pulpit. And Father, I pray that you take us in the morning service with hearts that are grateful, hearts that are ready to learn what you'd have us to apply to our lives. And we ask it all in Jesus' precious name.